Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation about a variety of topics including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. First up with the commemoration of 9-11 this past week, I had the opportunity to present a conversation with U.S. Army retired Colonel David Dodd who provided support for a particularly challenging mission in Afghanistan. You'll be hearing his faith perspective. Then words of direction and encouragement for married couples as Steve and Rhonda Stoppy comment on principles that can help strengthen marriages. And a preview of the Dare to Share live event October 13th, designed to equip young people and youth leaders to share their faith effectively with confidence. You'll be hearing from Dare to Share founder Greg Steer. And coming up on this edition of The Intersection, it's longtime filmmaker David Cunningham sharing information about a movie available on home video, including themes of family and identity, as well as addressing racial issues. Find out more coming up. Finally, you'll be hearing from Lucas Ramirez from the Ministry of the Gathering Place, headquartered in South Georgia, who relates some principles that can contribute to unity among God's people. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. This past week, our nation commemorated the September 11th attack 17 years ago. Following 9-11, now retired Army Colonel David Dodd, founder of the ministry called Point 27, was deployed to Afghanistan. He provided communication support for a particularly devastating battle called the Battle of Roberts Ridge. Here he shares some of his faith perspective and the significance of the dog tags containing scripture called Shields of Strength. This is David Dodd now. The helicopter then uh, was close to crashing, and the pilot had to do an emergency landing, auto-rotate down to the floor of the valley. And so Roberts um, was left um, stranded on top of the mountain. Uh, and then there were attempts. Uh, it, took, it took a period of time to get a quick reaction force up there, which was located at Bagram Airfield, and that was, uh, that was a squad of rangers commanded by a captain. And uh, when they went to land, um, their helicopter was shot down. And so that squad of 11 Rangers was captured on top of that mountain. And uh, the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the only way to, command, to, uh, to fight back and hold the enemy off of them was through a Predator drone, which was, was loitering over the battlefield and sending video uh, footage of the battlefield back into the command post, which was located in Bagram, Afghanistan. My mission was to ensure that the uh, that video feed from the Predator drone uh, was was received into that headquarters, uh, so that the uh, the commanding general uh, and his staff was able to bring close air support in uh, to fight the enemy, so that we would have enough time to get. Uh, other forces up there to rescue the Rangers. Um, and that's, you know, that, that whole battle has been written about in a number of books. And uh, it was, um, you know, incredible heroic actions by a number of different special operations soldiers and Rangers um, that just did amazing things in order to defeat the enemy and uh, to protect their, their battle buddies that were with them there on their left and right. Well, tell me, from your standpoint, obviously you saw what was occurring there at this this battle, and you, you had all sorts of difficulties, as I understand it, with, with, of course, the terrain in Afghanistan is very unusual. You had some, some other occurrences. Tell me about your 
your what was taking place in your own life that day and how you saw God really be faithful to you through that overall set of circumstances? What I saw then and, and learned was that um, God's, God is always with us, and uh, I think every person uh, will face something in their life where no matter how strong they are or how smart they are or how much money they have or the education or whatever it is, there's going to be things that are out of your control. They're beyond your capabilities. And uh, for a believer who knows that um, God is always with you, uh, you have a place to turn. You have a friend. You have uh, someone that you can reach out to, cry out to, uh, to ask for help. Um, and I saw that. I mean, I was in a position where I felt so responsible um, for things that were happening on the ground, even though I wasn't on the battlefield. Um, I was in that command post in Bagram, uh, but I knew that the Predator feed that was being displayed on a large screen in the front of the Tactical Operations Center was, uh, was only possible through effective communications. And I knew that... Um, that I was responsible for those, for the commanding general. And um, and things that were out of my control, obviously the weather, there's no way I could control the cloud cover that could have, uh, that could have um, knocked the satellite uh, signal off for us or the equipment or different command, different uh, command and control or communication centers across the world where, you know, that information was traveling. And um, so, I was in that position. I had to call out to God. I had to ask him for his blessings and for his, you know, for him to bless us with mission success. And, uh, in that case he did. And, uh, I felt his presence and, um, wearing that dog tag, a shield of strength dog tag that, you know, said, I will be strong and courageous. I will not be terrified or discouraged because the Lord, my God is with me wherever I go. Um, it, it meant a lot to me. And uh, I kept saying those words, and uh, I kept reaching out to God. And um, through His grace, um, that the communications never went down the predator feet hell for the entire battle. Mm. David Dodd here on The Intersection. Learn more through the website point27.org. Next up, it's Rhonda Stoppy, known as the No Regrets Woman. She was joined by her husband, Steve, for a discussion of their book, The Marriage Mentor, Becoming the Couple You Long to Be, offering Christ-centered principles and encouragement for married couples. Here now are Steve and Rhonda Stoppy. Communication is is huge. I, number one, I think we get away from this idea that, that uh, when we marry someone, God has called me to serve this person. Um, I, I think we kind of get that a little bit out of kilter. and We kind of figure, well, when I marry this person, then I'm going to be served for the rest of my life. Now, we're never going to say that out loud, but that's really what we're kind of thinking. And um, then when that person doesn't measure up to those expectations, uh, like Rhonda said, then that root of bitterness and that unforgiveness and all that comes through. Well, pretty soon you're just living together under the same roof and you're not talking, you're not communicating, you're really not serving God uh, together. You're not serving one another. You're just kind of existing uh, under the same roof and and hopefully you just don't fall apart. Um, but I think coming to that point of learning to communicate and not just 
you know, communicate what I want, what I need, but communicate what does God's word say about what we should be doing and how we should be treating one another, how we should be responding to one another, um, how I should not look to you for my happiness, how I should not look to you for my fulfillment. Uh, I don't don't look to you for for me to feel like I'm a, a complete person. Um, we find that in our relationship with Jesus Christ. God said that when you come to Christ, uh, he says, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. Uh, old things passed away. All Everything becomes new. In other words, there's a whole new me. There, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. Now I'm alive unto Christ. And so there's a whole new me that now has the power by the Spirit of God living within me to live the way that God's called me to live in my relationship and in my marriage. So that means that now I have the propensity, I have the ability to live my life uh, pleasing him by serving my wife, communicating with her, finding out what is it that she needs, living with her, like Peter says, according to knowledge, um, uh, treating her as, you know, an equal spiritually, um, you know, all those things that God calls us to do, it becomes very important for us to do as we communicate uh, with our spouse what is important, uh, what, what would minister to them, what would help in our relationship together. And what's really cool about this book, Bob, is Steve at the very beginning says, okay, husbands, I know the last thing you want is to read another marriage book that your wife is shoving under your nose, <laughs> but you want to marriage. And, you know, wives will put it on the toilet, highlight, hope he looks at it, right? Instead of, it, he says, okay, all the men have to do is read the gray boxes, and he gives them the cliff notes of basically what Rhonda writes to the wives. And then there's also a section that Steve writes to the wives called the husband's perspective, just giving wives insight after they hear from me. And then I got to write a little tidbit at the end of each of the husband's perspective to the husbands. And, you know, we tried to write the way that we talk because we meet people all the time that they're like, I'm not a reader. And it's like, well, you're on social media all day long. You're a reader. We've established that. But how can we write something that you're going to feel like you're just hanging out with us. Uh, and it's got great stories of hope and happiness of couples that have learned really to live with each other in a way that is loving each other with a, a selfless love, one that, you know, overlooks those disappointments. And just, I think the book itself is just an amazing resource that we want to get into the hands of couples. And especially for husbands that necessarily won't read a book, you can take a picture with your phone of the gray box and read it at work while your wife has the book at home. <laughs> and then on top of that... Is that copyright? I don't know. <laughs> Rhonda's given permission right now. We have it here. I have it on tape, so we're good. <laughs> but also, because we know that people will say, I'm not a reader, we made a video that goes along with each chapter, and it's free, because we know one of the biggest stresses in marriage is a financial strain, and when wives are like, hey, we need several hundred dollars to go away to this marriage conference that causes a fight or a discord so these are free videos that you can watch steve and i just talking about the highlights of each chapter of the marriage mentor and those you can find on my website noregretswoman.com if you click on the book page for the marriage mentor scroll down all the videos are there they're free great place to start even if you can't get your spouse to read the book maybe they'll watch the video with you and maybe that'll trigger some good conversation. Steve and Rhonda Stoppy here on The Intersection. Learn more at noregretswoman.com. Next on this edition of The Intersection, it's Greg Steer, founder and CEO of the ministry called Dare to Share, an organization that is devoted to motivating and equipping young people to share their faith in Christ. He talked about the Dare to Share live event October 13th of this year with events in communities across the nation. 
From that recent conversation, this is Greg Steer. You know, Dare to Share started 26 years ago, and I was a pastor at a church in Denver and just had a heart for the youth of our city and our community and said, what if we trained and equipped them to share their faith? And was kind of pastoring a church and doing Dare to Share. And then after uh, the Columbine High School shooting on April 20th, 1999, I just felt God calling me out uh, to really uh, become a missionary to the next generation. And so uh, from that time on, I went full-time into Dare to Share. And our, our mission is to energize the church, to mobilize youth, to gospelize their world. And our vision is every teen, everywhere, hearing the gospel from a friend. And I just believe on every high school and middle school campus, uh, there are kids who desperately need the hope of Jesus Christ, uh, the bad, the broken, the bullied, and the bullies. And I believe our Christian students are the best ones to reach them. You know, the average teenager is more likely to take medical advice from another teenager than a licensed medical professional. So why don't we leverage that? Wow. Uh, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And why don't we use our churches as, instead of just entertainment centers uh, with a Bible lesson thrown in, what if we use them as mobilization centers to raise up young missionaries who will just live and give the gospel, uh, you know, 24-7, and especially on their campuses. Dare to Share Live is coming up on October 13th. It's a training and motivation event it actually was launched last year. So, Greg, if you would, please do a little review of last year's outcomes and what you have planned for this year. Yeah, so we were so excited. You know, we got our website, daretoshare.live.org, up last year. We had 68 satellite sites, so 68 churches. Uh, that includes 68 worship bands and 68 MCs slash trainers that were part of it. And you know, nobody had ever tried a live simulcast event. So this was literally a 9 a.m. West Coast start, a noon East Coast start. So live from Denver, we had, you know, uh, our worship bands and, and our speakers and, and our drama team there in Denver. But then the satellite sites, you know, they had their own worship team, their own MC slash trainer that we had flown in and trained them how to train. And I was getting texts and emails throughout the day from friends that were at those events and are like, it's working. It feels like a live events in this room. And so what we wanted to do is create an event where you didn't feel like kids were just watching a screen from people in Denver, but that the event was in their room. And that's the vibe that by God's grace happened. And there was energy from the big ones to the small ones. There was energy in the rooms and then kids were unleashed to share the gospel they have a Dare to Share live app where they can upload gospel conversations starting videos to their friends and their feed. Uh, and every time they share the gospel, they collected canned food uh, for local rescue missions and share the gospel. We collected nine tons of canned food across the United States in a two-hour period. And every time they share the gospel or uploaded one of those videos, a map of the U.S. on the app would light up with the thousands of gospel conversations that were unfolding simultaneously. So it worked. This year, um, uh, we have 97 satellite sites so far, uh, from Fairbanks, Alaska to Puerto Rico. Um, and we are planning October 13th, 9 a.m. West Coast start, noon East Coast start. Uh, we have Shane and Shane going to lead worship here from the, the host site. We have the skit guys with us. We have Flame, the rapper, who's actually going to preach and, and do a little bit of rapping. Zane Black, myself. Um, and we have uh, a dr dramatic presentation 
I believe has a chance of being the next viral video um, done by the silhouettes from America's Got Talent. Um, that's going to show the gospel in shadowing form. I believe it's going to absolutely be breathtaking. So we're mm. super excited about what God's doing. Well, and Greg, when you talk about the potential audience for Dare to Share Live, this is essentially for young people as well as those who work with them, correct? Yeah, I would say if you're a youth leader, bring out your saved students, your unsaved students, your apathetic and pathetic ones. Bring them all out. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we'll give the gospel to the ones that don't know Christ, and then we'll mobilize them all to share the gospel. So it's a strong evangelistic event, but it's also an evangelism training event. Greg Steer here on The Intersection. You can find out more by going to the website dare2sharelive.org. This is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can find out more by going to meetinghouseonline.info. You'll find a link to the Media Center marked Meeting House On Demand through which you could listen to or download full conversations with recent guests on The Intersection Podcast. Also, you can subscribe to The Intersection and have it delivered to your podcast receiving software, including iTunes, on a weekly basis. The podcast is also available through the Faith Radio app. Learn more when you visit the website faithradio.org. Also, through the Meeting House homepage, there are links to two blogs. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. The other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. You can also follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. And there is a link to video content. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or go to the programming section at faithradio.org. David Cunningham is director, producer, and writer for the film Running for Grace. He provided information on the plot and themes of the movie, dealing with issues such as family, adoption, and a component of race relations. From a recent conversation about the movie, this is David Cunningham. So I have three kids, and and we often wrestle over the remote at night as a family. What we're going to watch? <laughs> and, you know, my my girls want to watch the romantic movie, and my son wants to watch adventure, and my wife wants you know romance and. And I often want to see something that's, that takes you back in time, period, movies, and so on. So I, as a filmmaker, I was, I was noodling on this and said, wouldn't it be great to make a movie that all five of us actually want to watch? Not just should watch or could watch, but want to watch. And so that's, that's kind of the origins of this. And, and this is a film that is a family movie that's got themes of romance and adventure and all of that, but really the messaging of it is the the theme of adoption and the the power of adoption and how adoption can not only transform a child but it can transform a community and uh yeah so it's it's got those themes and identity and and of not giving up over your dreams and so on in the 1920s there was a a federal law in the united states and this is in the 20s the territory of hawaii where it was actually illegal to adopt children of mixed ethnicity for, quote, racial integrity purposes. And this is a boy, about a boy who's half Japanese, half Caucasian, uh, who's an orphan and illegitimate. And he's rejected by both the Japanese immigrant community here in Hawaii and by the white community. And a new doctor comes to town, played by Matt Dillon. And Matt Dillon's character, Doc, takes him under his wing, um, as a de facto father, 
And the boy ends up being the medicine runner for him, running the medicine up the mountains to the coffee pickers on the big island of Hawaii. And together they, they form a family and there's a romance that emerges with the plantation owner's daughter. And another doctor comes to town to compete for the, for the, the, the role played by Jim Caviezel, who starred in the passion of the Christ. And it's, it's, uh, it's got great conflict and tension and, and ultimately um, uplifting and overcoming message. Jim Caviezel who stars in our movie uh, has adopted two children from China, and I I really wanted to get behind folks that have adopted and wave the flag for them. And so we've been doing red carpet premieres across the nation. We've done about 12, 13 of them now, where we bring families who have adopted and they walk the red carpet with the movie stars, and we give them a night out just to celebrate who they are. And it's just been so fun to to be a part of that. And uh, now we're moving into the digital release, which we're doing the same kind of thing that if you want to gift a digital download to an adopted family, you can go to our website at runningforgracemovie.com and we'll show you how you can give this movie to an adopted family. So just trying to wave the flag and and celebrate those good folks that are, are stepping out in this area. Well, in addition to the whole adoption issue, I understand that perhaps this is a film that could communicate and inspire people with respect to matters of of race and also combating racism. Comment on that, if you would. Many of our scenes in this movie, even though it was set in another time and another place, we really believe that there's there's so many things in this film that are, are, are relevant to today. And what I what I really feel is a is a powerful way to engage with relevant themes of today is to take you to another time and to another place, and you can look at it from another perspective, and hopefully grow and appreciate that. And and racism is something that, of course, is um, a big part of our world. And there's been progress in many categories, and there's long ways to go in many other categories. But uh, I I grew up in Hawaii, where the most ethnically diverse state in the United States, but this movie was set during a time of segregation where each ethnicity was was intentionally kept separate for controlling reasons by the plantation owners. And I, I think it's a, a, a really good reflection of um, where, we, where we've come from, where we need to go, and hopefully this, this film will, will take you into that world and engage with some of these matters. But it is is not meant to be a preachy film. It's meant to be an uplifting film. It's an entertaining film. It's a film for the whole family. But we, we do have embedded into the movie these these messages, and um, hopefully we'll keep the conversation going and, and moving in, in these categories. David Cunningham here on the intersection. The website is runningforgracemovie.com. Finally, on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's Lucas Ramirez, president and CEO of The Gathering Place, a ministry to students. He highlighted biblical principles concerning unity as he relates in the book, Design for More, Unleashing Christ's Vision for Unity in a Deeply Divided World. This is Lucas Ramirez now. Unity within diversity is down to the very core and essence of who God is. Um, we just released actually a Bible uh, reading plan. If anybody uses the Version Bible app, you know, there's tons of reading oh, yes. plans in there. And if you just search my name, Lucas Ramirez, we have this four-day reading plan. 
and it's entitled God's Great Passion for Unity. Um, and so if you read that plan, one of the things we talk about is that, yes, Jesus prays for unity in John 17. Paul echoes it continually in the New Testament, but it's right from the very beginning in Genesis 1 that we see that creation itself, as the clay was taking shape, it was formed by many hands. Let us make man in our image. So at the very essence of how God wanted to reveal himself to us was the Trinity, the unity within diversity at almost a cosmic level. Um, and that is who he is. And if we are to be like God and reflect him to the world, well, then our fellowship of faith should reflect who he is. Unity within diversity is at the very essence of God's nature. But the cool part about it is like, like an artist pours himself into a painting or uh, a musician pours himself into a song. God did the same thing when he formed creation. He poured his nature into nature. And so we can look to the scriptures for the, God's design and vision for the church but one of the cool, amazing hooks that I believe readers are just going to be enthralled with in this book is that we also point to creation. We point to nature itself. As Romans says, God has, you know, put himself into the creation. We can look to the, the trees and the birds of the air as testimonies to who God is. And so in our book, talking about the pillars, we use this unbelievable jaw-dropping phenomenon called a murmuration as a central metaphor and a roadmap for how we can begin to walk in unity. Because like I said earlier, it's one thing to say why it's important and what is important, but it's another thing to offer people practical steps for how, and we hope to offer all those things in the book. Um, and so we point to this spectacular natural phenomenon of, called a murmuration. It's so difficult to put words to it because it's just so hypnotic. It's just mesmerizing. Uh, it, it, poets have been, you know, stirred to awe. They've called it a madness in the sky. It's just indescribable in so many ways. And, and the beauty of it was when I uncovered this natural phenomenon, at first I thought, man, this is just a cool metaphor. But as I studied to dig deep and drill deeper into that uh, new research and new science that has come out, I discovered that God had put so much more into this phenomenon than merely just a beautiful visual, a captivating idea. And what I found was this, this phrase I love to say is this, birds first taught us how to fly. Now they will teach us how to unify. And because God has put all these principles and lessons for how to solve complex human problems in creation, and so for anybody out there listening who is struggling with division right now in your workplace, in, in your team, you're struggling with division in your church, uh, you're struggling with just tension, whether it's political or racial in your community, or maybe even in your home, division right here in your family, I just want to speak to you and say there is radical hope to move beyond that division. Because God himself in the scriptures, he, Jesus brought a peace, a shalom, a wholeness, a completeness. And when Jesus says, Lord, may they be one, just as you and I are one, it was a direct imperative for now, for today, not for some post, you know, 
life, ethereal, heavenly state. No, Jesus tied our unity directly to the mission of the church. His prayer was for today. So if that's you struggling, I just want to give you an unbelievable amount of optimism and say, because of the work of the cross, there is reconciliation, not just between man and God, but between man and brother, man and sister, and whatever state or fight or division you may be struggling with in your world. So we can look to nature and scripture to give us that hope. Lucas Ramirez here on the Intersection Podcast. The book's website is designformorebook.com. We're nearing the end of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info. You'll find a link to the Media Center through which you can listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the podcast. You can also subscribe to The Intersection and have it delivered to your podcast receiving software, including iTunes, on a weekly basis. The podcast is available through the Faith Radio app. You can learn more when you visit the website, faithradio.org. There are two blogs accessible from the Meeting House homepage. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. The other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, there is a connection for video content. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info. You can also find the homepage when you go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.